Welcome to Divorce Explained, the podcast where we answer your questions and navigate the process of divorce together. Sharing real stories and personal experiences, this is your guide through it all. With your hosts, family law specialist Steve Benmore and divorce lawyer and strategist Leanne Townsend. So today's question is, should I stay or should I go? Do, 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 do. Does that sound like a rock and roll song? Well, it does, because it, it is. is. <laughs> but sometimes rock and roll helps us make sense of personal hardships. And today we're going to talk about one personal hardship, which is when a couple splits up, should they continue living together or should one or both question of the day? And so I don't think a week goes by that I, as a family law lawyer, don't get asked that very question. How about you? Yeah, I was just saying before you hopped on uh, to listeners that it, this is a question that I find I regularly get asked. And in almost every initial consultation, uh, it comes up and it comes up, you know, thereafter as well. You know, back in the old days, whatever that means, when a couple split up, there was fairly obvious traditional roles when they were together and fairly traditional behaviors when they split up. So going back to the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, it was very common when a husband and wife, and I say husband and wife because back then it was a fewer situations that we would... Uh, learn about with respect to same-sex couples, um, husbands and wives and or, you know, common law spouses of opposite sex, when they split up and if they had children, it was very common for the father or the husband to move out. And it was fairly common for the mother or the wife to remain in the home. And if they did not have children, most of the time we didn't even talk about it. It was just obvious uh, either they both sold the house and moved out or, or the father moved out or the husband moved out. And I say father, actually, in a case where there were no children, it would just be the husband or the male spouse that moved out until they sorted out their property issues. But this became a real issue as society evolved and fathers became more involved in raising of their children. And part of it was a particular provision in the Children's Law Reform Act that said that when the couple or the parents are together, they have equal rights of custody. And it went on to say in the Children's Law Reform Act that if the parents were apart, either by agreement, by acquiescence, or by implied acquiescence, then that created a new status quo and that the courts would look at the status quo at whatever future date these parents came before the court to determine their rights of custody. Well, that created this uh, need for people to be educated that if one moves out, it will prejudice one person's right and it will advantage the person's right who remains with the children. Now, it often was the case that the mom stayed at home and the dad moved out, but then the dad 
would walk into a lawyer's office in the 90s and since and say, I'm thinking of moving out. What does that mean for me? So lawyers would say, just so that you know, if you move out and you guys can't sort out your parenting issues and a judge would look at what has been the case, a judge is going to look and say, well, you know, the kids have been living with the mom and they've been visiting with the dad once, twice, three times a week, whatever it is. That's going to be the de facto arrangement from which the analysis begins. So then the client would say, but Ms. Townsend, Mr. Benmore, what do we do with that? We would say, well, I told you what the consequences are. I understand, but what do we do with that? And so we would say, well, if you move out, this is the outcome. If you stay at home, that is the outcome. If you stay at home, the outcome is that you remain in an equal position. But if you move out and you leave the kids with the other spouse, the mother, your equal position is reduced. She becomes in a stronger position. You become in a weaker position. So really what you're saying, Mr. Benmore, is I shouldn't move out. I didn't say that, but that's one of the options that you have. And the option that you choose will have an impact on the rights that you get after the fact. Well, fast forward, this has become spun into the lawyer told him not to move out. <laughs> it was the lawyer's fault that we're still fighting at home. The lawyer was the one that made him become more involved in the children, made him all of a sudden turn into super dad when he wasn't super dad before. And it wasn't the lawyer that made all of that happen. There was a reason for the person to seek legal advice and there was a reason for the legal advice to be given to the person, which ultimately resulted in them still living together. And this has been the ongoing saga of people complaining about the fact that she won't move out, he won't move out, she won't, he won't let her move out with the children, um, he's holding her there hostage, and those are the conversations that occur on the streets of Ontario about the question, why didn't he move out? What do you do with that, Leanne? Yeah, I mean, everything you said is exactly dead on. And, you know, it's not always what people want to hear, but it is the reality of the situation that if you do move out, you know, you are potentially putting yourself at a disadvantage with some of these things. Um, and also with respect to um, possession of the home. I mean, we know that um, the Family Law Act gives both parties a right to possession of the matrimonial home. But the reality is, if you move out, while the other party can't go and change the locks and do things like that, you are kind of setting up a situation where if you want to return or you want to go there, you know, the other lawyer is going to say, well, no, wait a minute, like you're out that, you know, my client has a right to privacy. If your client wants to come, they need to give 24 hours written notice and they need to get approval and this sort of thing. So not only are you creating, you know, a potentially a, a status quo with respect to the children that you don't like. You're also creating a situation with respect to the home uh, that you may not like as well. Um, and so that can be problematic. 
Um, I'm sure there's people listening who are saying, well, what about if I leave, but I take the children with me? Uh, and that uh, can be a big no-no, um, uh, you know, unless there's an agreement with the, the other party to just leave and take the children um, is not something that judges look very favorably upon. Um, and so I you know, want to stress to people that that's not really a good option either. Uh, in some situations, you know, if both parties have lawyered up, you can maybe get work out some schedule and get some arrangement in place. So one party maybe can move out and it's, you know, the status quo is, is not necessarily going to work against them. Um, but, you know, often in those early stages, people haven't got their lawyers yet and they're making decisions. And um, one of the things I always say to people as well is they have to keep in mind um the living circumstances and how toxic it is or isn't because you know yes moving out could potentially give you some disadvantages but if your mental health is so severely being affected by staying in the home then you have to really look at what's more important here and you know is having you know saving your mental health your emotional well-being you know, if it's really that bad being in this toxic environment, it may make sense to move out, even though, you know, some of these other issues might put you at a disadvantage. Right. And for the benefit of our viewers, Leanne, you, you brought up some really good points with respect to the different elements in law that the decision to stay or move out invokes. We heard you say, Leanne, there's what I talked about originally, which is the parenting rights. Separate and apart from that, there's the property right of moving out of your home and then potentially having the remaining parent or spouse change the locks, change the alarm code, and create a kerfuffle. Legally speaking, it doesn't change one's legal right of ownership, but practically speaking, once you move out for a week or a month or six months, trying to get back in might be seen as an act of aggression and people would find that returning back to the home in that situation could potentially be considered inappropriate and put you in a negative light even though you're just going right back to the same home that you lived in before you decided to move out but there's the issue that you brought up leanne which is the the vacating of a home Maybe, maybe final, if, uh, unless you've worked something out. And then lastly, there's the issue of ownership. And so if you're the owner of the home, um, you, on title that is, you, uh, you don't lose a right of ownership. But there's been many cases where people have said, well, you know, she or he moved out three years ago. The property went up in value between then and now. I've paid all the bills. And even though he or she who moved out is on title, uh, it would be unfair, given that I paid all the bills, for the person that moved out to benefit from the rise in value. Or these days, some people will say, well, the person that moved out should pay for half of the decrease in the value of the home between the time that he or she moved out and today because the price went down. It creates problems, is my point. So you've got the parenting, you've got the occupation, you've got the home ownership and the value there. The other thing I want to mention before we wrap up is, what are the solutions? I mean, we could talk about all the problems until we're blue in the face, but what are the solutions? And you, Leanne, touched on one whereby you say to the people, 
whether they move, whether they decide to split up last night or, you know, a year ago, and then they come to us. Oftentimes what I say is, now's the time to roll up your sleeves and resolve issues. And you don't have to resolve all of them at the same time. You can resolve one at a time. And if one of them is the issue of moving out, it connects with the subject of parenting. So let's deal with it. Let's at least deal with it on a temporary basis. And in some cases, one will say, I want the kids all the time. And the other person says, I want the kids half the time. And they can't agree. But they can agree to some lesser amount of parenting time between the, child, the parent that moves out and the parent that stays in. And if we write up an agreement that says the only reason he moved out was in order to you know, rent a new apartment or start a life, but it was agreed that this parenting schedule that is very temporary is only for three months or six months or 12 months, and it will in no way determine the status quo. And if there will ever be a court determination or an assessment or mediation, we are gonna start from the proposition that both parents are capable and equal in the analysis. So you write something like that up. It's not ideal, it's not exact perfection, but it's close enough to permit one to move out without fearing the loss of the legal right. And there's ways to do this with the benefit of counsel like Leanne or myself to ensure that the uh, potential prejudice to the right is minimized as much as possible. And quite frankly, once we start down that road, oftentimes we're actually now just settling the case, which is really good because the person that wants to remain in the home really wants the other person out. And that's an incentive to settle, which is great because we like ripping the Band-Aid off because it's fast, it's fair, it's cheap, and it allows everybody to start their lives afresh and anew sooner than later. And sometimes in you know, rare cases, um, I have seen people do you know, what we call a nesting arrangement. So um, that could be a situation where you know, they, the kids stay in the home and each parent move, you know, they're there for a week and then the next week they move out and the other parent moves in. And so in certain limited circumstances, that can also be, um, you know, a solution uh, while the parties are negotiating the rest of their family law issues. Uh, and it's funny because I was chatting with someone the other day and, and who approached her divorce from that perspective. And she was saying the whole idea was to be creative, to kind of, you know, no, no one's divorce has to fit in a box of what other people do. And so to look at what your divorce goals are, what works for your family, and then try and be creative at coming up with a solution. So whether you leave, whether you stay, whether your partner leaves or stays, uh, you know, maybe it is an opportunity to try and be creative and figure out what's best for your family, not the neighbor's family, not your, you know, sister's family, but your own family and the circumstances. And one of the benefits for our viewers is with Leanne's approach to family law now, and I, I, I share a little bit of it, but with Leanne's approach to family law, which is really all about settlement, the beautiful part about being a lawyer who focuses on settlement is it's looking at a issue and a problem and thinking out of the box about all of the creative solutions that are available. And oftentimes, Leanne and I included, when we went through our own divorce, our imaginative minds were not exactly at the highest moment. 
So when you're going through a separation or divorce, there's a lot of fear and insecurity and, and anger. But when you hire a lawyer like Leanne, you're benefiting from that open-mindedness and that creativity that could introduce ideas that would allow people to resolve their affairs in a way they never thought of they, they had, that was an option before. And so one of the benefits of retaining lawyers like Leanne, who are really all about resolution, is you're really retaining a creative director of the next chapter of your life. You're not retaining a headhunter or a undertaker, which a lot of people <laughs> think divorce lawyers are. You're really retaining an advisor to facilitate the next chapter of your life and to introduce ideas that you never thought were possible in order to achieve the goal of beginning the next chapter of your life. And that includes the conversation about should I stay or should I go? Yep. Very well said. And I think on that note, we can wrap this uh, topic up. We'll see everyone here again next week. Thanks for joining us. And thanks, Steve, as always. You got it. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Divorce Explained. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to head on over to Instagram and follow at Steve Benmore and at Leanne Townsend Life for more. And if you're looking for specific divorce services, you can visit benmore.com and leannetownsend.ca. We hope today's episode made you feel informed and inspired as you move along through your divorce journey. Tune in next week for Divorce Explained.